to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome to Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 256. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys and each on our own spiritual journey. Meeting daily challenges just like you guys are doing out there. And that's why we're here. And we're on this No Church Answers Tour and glad that you've joined us. So in addition to this podcast, we have a No Church Answers 30-minute video show. can be streamed from our Man Up Spiritual Oasis YouTube page. Subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment. And our podcast, what we're doing right here, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So... Please rate our podcast and leave a review. And at this time, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in and introduce the panel. Uh, He is a former world-class policy writer and a current professional gambler. He's the show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. And he is a former prosecutor and attorney Kind of the group uh, historian, we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. My name's Mr. Cropper. And a big deal in talent development, which is just corporate speak for teacher, (laughs) but a uh, corporate trainer (laughs) and theologian. Uh, We call him the professor in from the USFL land, which is Birmingham. Uh, He's the professor, Robert Koshu. Robert. And my name is Bill Cox, and yours isn't. Unless you're named Bill Cox. Uh, I'm basically a contractor and uh, indie filmmaker and kind of writer, and that's how I pay for it with my my contracting. And with that, we're going to just jump right in. This is a very familiar parable, but I'm absolutely certain we're going to dig some new stuff out of it. I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Um. Someone once asked me, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, they were, they were seriously interested in Christianity, in the Bible, and asked me flat out, well, where's the place to start? After all, the Bible is pretty big. And I, I confess to say I was at a loss to actually say which, where. Where you know the beginning or in the middle? The person is still lost. <laughs> that person, <laughs> and and I hope. I, so if they're listening out there, I, I after I, I think the place to start now. If if I asked again, I would say this parable: the parable of the lost son, or more more commonly known as the prodigal son, because in twenty one verses, it encapsulates the entire gospel message. Uh, with several layers going on. So uh, that's the way I'll start, and there's, a, there's certainly a giveaway of what we're going to talk about today. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, yeah, and now I feel guilty about saying that. <laughs> right, 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 that's all right. <laughs> I, I hope and pray that that person is not so lost because right, right. Steve didn't still wandering. to tell Steve, him. So anyway, folks, I, I make a lot of that. And you know what? The, the story today, is, as Steve has said, is about eternal life is about a change in your life about about making your your life forward in christ 
Uh, today, folks, our lives are surrounded by rules from the time we're born. We are told no, do not touch, <laughs> when we are very small, that's right. Uh, many of these rules are for our protection. They are enforced because our parents love us and do not want anything to hurt us. As we grow up, we learn that there are things we can do, like go to church, go to school, do homework, and clean our rooms. After high school, we may go to college to work or into the armed forces as Bill did. Everything has rules and limits, and we must work in the confines of those rules. Well, God gave us the Bible and the Old Testament, which is full of many rules and commands <laughs> and details. And, and God sent Jesus then for the New Testament as a gift to free us from the bondage of those rules and commands. When I accepted Christ as my Savior, I experienced freedom. I realized that I had the freedom to choose life or I had the freedom to choose bondage. And I chose life. I chose to serve Christ. And as Steve has said, today's podcast is about the prodigal son. He is the son of a very loving dad, and he asks his dad to give him freedom and money to go explore the world outside their farm where he was raised. Although the son has no experience in the world, the father gives him that opportunity to explore reality and either succeed or fall flat on his face. And as you folks know, he falls flat on his face. So we can compare the son's dad to God, our Heavenly Father, who loves us and will give us freedom to experience the world if we ask him. Now let's look at the parable. Bill? Uh, professor, your overview of that. So raise your hand if you have heard this sermon preached before. And keep it up if you've heard it preached about the father, if you've heard it preached about the pig, if you've heard it <laughs> preached about the son or the brother. So this is, as Steve said, this is probably, and if you think about it, Jesus was asked earlier in one, before one of our other parables, one of the Pharisees or somebody stood up and said, teacher, tell my father to divide his estate mm -hmm. with me and my brother earlier. It's interesting because this is probably in kind of the same discourse. So Jesus revisits that whole thing. And, oh, by the way, remember we talked mm -hmm. about, okay, here's what should happen if your father, here's what could happen if the father divides. This is probably the most layered story of Jesus's entire parable set. And, and there's some great humor in it. There's some great pieces to it. And, there is some huge lessons of life from each one of the characters within this story, and that's what makes it so good. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read. It's, uh, this is from the NIV version. It's Luke 15, um, 11 through 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worried to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worried worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. <clears throat> and I just want to go ahead and uh, chip in, chime in a little bit brief little overview on this that would never happen on a farm this this shows the difference between god and man because i can tell you this think about your job you ever you, did you guys ever call people that quit and then come back do you ever call them retreads <laughs> did, did you ever do that? I've heard the term. You I, ever, I, I, ever heard mm -hmm. the term? Mm -hmm. Well, it's also common that's about equal with a loser, okay? And if you came back, if you did that and then came back with your... The father tr saved his son from humiliation. Oh, yeah. that's Absolutely. Wh that's yeah. what he did, okay? Agreed. But understand this. <laughs> when that feast is over, he's not going back up to upper management. <laughs> in this parable, you know are saying? you saying in this parable? But I'm saying, no. I'm saying, I'm saying in life. That's the difference between God and oh. man. Oh, okay. That's right. what I'm trying to say. Okay, okay. God okay, okay. in God's restores kingdom, him to normal. Rest restores him to better. And and, and, and that's oh, yeah. the that's one difference. Of the I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's even a feast for retreads. No, there's well, not. <laughs> right, right, right. We get some takeout. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that I mean, that's what so many people to me miss on this. Think about that. This kind of thing. No way. That's what well, happened like that. That's the, the central point of this. Of, of Perhaps, you know, I see it as why, well, but we can go around. The central point is that unlike the cliche, you can go home again. At least if yes. you're a Christian, which yes. is which yes. is and and everything, and if you continue on that track, the the son thought exactly that. I'm he said I'm going to be lucky 
if I get to be a hired hand. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. What I, I like I'm, about the sun, mm-hmm. and this, this is one of my favorite parts. So how many of you have ever gotten in trouble with the house? As a kid. Oh, oh and, and when you, you knew you got busted. So what did you do? You rehearsed your speech. Oh. <laughs> hey, I do that. I do that for a word. I know. I do it for my wife. Yes. <laughs> you know. Okay, here's what I need to mark. But but this one, because it starts out with, you know, if you, and, and it's, Father, I have sinned against God in you. Let me come home and I will be one of your servants. And it shortens yes. every time you, you read it. And it ends up with, Father, I've sinned against heaven in you. And that's all he says. You know, and Dad's like, oh, come on back and do the whole thing. But it, but it really is, you can go home. And, and, and I, I think the parable is really, I like the, par- I like the older brother's perspective because I think it's a very unique one. That is. I don't think relevant. it's unique at all. I agree well, with the that's brother. Relevant. That's <laughs> well, relevant. It's but, relevant. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's but a good word. I do Robert. think the central the central point of this story really is that you can go back and God will accept you. God will not only accept you. Oh, he, he puts will you exactly where you are. Now, if you go and and I haven't ever read the whole book. Henri Nguyen, mm-hmm. Nguyen um, wrote a book about this parable and taught and and in it he talks that they, i mean the symbolism uh, which was readily apparent i mean because it was a real thing to it was more than a symbol in 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 judean times in ancient times to us we consider a symbol the the idea the robe the, the he is be, he's being restored completely to his former self with all the trappings of of air of of his of his standing in the household he gets the robe but but really, what this, the ring, what the ring is, is a signet, mm-hmm. is, is, the, is the power mm-hmm. to sign contracts. You know, that's, you know, the old, you know, remember, you, you might see Dip it, it in all those, and, the wax, yeah. or, or, and then they'd basically seal a document with that ring. And which which also only very powerful and wealthy people had. Yes, that, that's that a was, notary you know, of the day. Yes, and, and it was basically your name is good on this. So he's getting... He's he's getting stewardship back. He's getting trust back. He is being welcomed back, as you said, into into upper management. I have a couple comments. Over. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's first look at the older brother because I like this okay, part. Rob, right up. I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. part. Originally, folks, the older brother is not mentioned in our lesson that we took from the. Uh, um, uh, the Baptist Pressway. Well, yeah. well when, right? when, when, but, but when Robert asked, yeah. when Robert asked about what parts have you heard uh, for hands, what parts have you heard? I bet a lot of hands went down when he asked about the older brother because yes. that you don't hear preached. But yep. take it away. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so folks, <laughs> I've actually preached a sermon on the older brother. <laughs> Remember what they said: the older brother is jealous of them. He's not going to come in for the party. A couple facts about the older other bro, older brother is faithful. He obeys and he works the farm. Little brother leaves with his inheritance. Mm-hmm. Little brother does not write home. <laughs> time passes. Little brother drags home. Father uh, welcomes the uh, little brother uh, with on. great... No, hold wait, on. no. Let okay, me okay. But, but there's an important part. Hold okay, that thought. Okay, what, what? In verse 12, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. <laughs> The absolutely. older brother absolutely. got half the money too. Actually, he got two thirds. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and actually, again, the, 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 the author of the study surmises that 
just like today, his assets weren't all in cash. No. He may have had <laughs> and, to sell. And so some he land. had to sell his property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Robert, that's a very yeah. good point, yeah. folks. Keep that in mind. Uh-huh. Uh, so time passes. Little brother drags home. He spent all his money. He's probably only got a set of clothes he's wearing, right? Because he had to hop the rest they stink. of his clothes. And I bet they likely, stink. Right? Well, he's been with the pigs. So, so father welcomes the little brother with great celebration. Father takes big brother's calf and smokes it for thirty. <laughs> So he you calls, realize he calls Koshu in from the field. Uh, yes, <laughs> we yes, got a the, big one. The, the, the little brother, <laughs> little brother has, has spent all his share of the property, so the rest of it belongs to his older brother. I can understand, people. As long as the little brother is gone, the big brother could claim the fattened calf and the whole property for himself. So little brother gets to eat big brother's fattened calf. So big brother finances his, his brother's party as well. It comes out of his proceeds. So jealousy, is there a point of anger? Absolutely. And then Steve, Steve wrote us some notes, folks. I'm going to ask these questions so you understand. Steve pointed us in these directions at, uh, before the program. Sorry, he says, does the older devout brother present the restoration, present the restoration of the prodigal? Yes, absolutely. Mike would too. Okay, why the resentment? Well, he was in the company of his father all along, but instead of joyful relationship, he saw obedience and service as a chore. But we all do, right? When we go to work every day, it's not always a joy to go to work. We go because we have a family, and we have, and it's a a consistent thing we believe we're supposed to do because we love the Lord, okay? So uh, Mike would, too. He did his father's will and does not get recognition. That's the key, right? That's probably what got him uh, really angry. It wasn't the fact that he didn't own the calf. It's the fact that his father didn't recognize him all this time. And we like recognition. So in his heart, did desire to rebel just like his other brother, but he lacked audacity. I don't know about that. Steve feels that, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, did he compensate by indulging in holier-than-thou jealousy? I don't think so. Steve thinks he does. and But these are great questions. You have to think about them, folks. No, I think that we are conditioned to follow rules for a safe community. We follow the rules, and we do it by habit. We expect our neighbors to follow the rules also. So I don't know. It depends on the person and, and how he feels about it. Uh, did he think obedience made him more deserving? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mike, yes, obedience does make you more deserving. Jesus talks to the Pharisees, the chief priests and the elders in Matthew 21, 29 to 30. I know. We're, you want, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's, he's telling a parable about a rebellious son who repents and obeys his father after saying no. He's a landowner, and he asks his two sons to go and work in the vineyard. The first son replies, no, I'm not doing that. That's Bill's interpretation. <laughs> but he repents and goes to do the work afterward. That's Matthew 21, 29. Second son says, okay, Dad, I'll do it. Great attitude. But he never goes. That's Matthew 21, 30. Jesus said to the Pharisees and the scribes, he, says, and, uh, he said the first son with the attitude did the will of his father and not the second son. So Jesus tells the chief priests and elders, guess what? The tax collectors and harlots will, in, harlots will enter the kingdom of God before you because you're like the second son who is very obedient to God the Father you think you are, but you don't do his will in reality. Um, anyway, Bill? Well, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Man Up Podcast number 256. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. 
We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, a Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. And also, we are the hosts of No Church Answers. And this is the Prodigal Son. I want to go to our producer, Steve Titch. Okay, I'm going to... I'm gonna... Put some thoughts in because because I think uh, I think Mike was half right about the older son. <laughs> I, I I think uh, I do think he he uh, he did uh, he did have a holier than thou attitude uh, to compensate. I I don't see. Well, let me go back. I I don't see I don't see necessarily. I don't I don't equate doing your job or you know doing the doing the regular routine work of and responsibilities of of both making you know providing for your loved ones and family and doing your religious uh, responsibilities for for church where where i see the uh the older son is a is the is the kind of the pharisee the 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 the, the goody two shoes brother who is doing it for the sake of in, of 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 winning winning the approval of the father, not not for love. And I mean, it's this is this is why this this parable is deep. There's some real psychology going on here, and 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 to be to be honest with you, my father always had a problem with the idea of of grace, despite despite claiming to be a Catholic, and and that that and and he would say on often occasions we weren't arguing. He'd just say. I just don't believe you can really lead a bad life or sinful life and suddenly at the end come to Jesus and be welcomed into heaven. Yet that's exactly what this parable says. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of the joy of it. That's kind of the whole idea. You get this free grace. Um and it's it's unearned and you really don't deserve it. And the and we know from the story, Jesus makes it clear that this young man really doesn't deserve it, but he comes back and gets it. But but getting back to the older son who who like his he I, I you know, you could say he, he may have always secretly wanted to break out and you know check out check out the the the, the pleasure pits of Jericho. <laughs> um, and and all of that, but uh, did so didn't do it because he knew it was wrong. Because I've got to please daddy, and that's what a lot of the Pharisee psychology was. We've got to we've got to do our sacrifices this way. We've got to live this way. We got to do this way because we're 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 really earning our points with God with that. And uh, where I get a little sympathetic is right maybe a pat on the back. <laughs> 
would have been nice. That would have been. But but well, as 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 the father points out in this, he he comes out to the son and says, "Everything I have is yours." They never you know, told him that during the time. Yeah, but but the guy, you know, maybe yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good theological. But he never told him that at all. But and and so I I, I agree with you there. I, it's kind of. <laughs> But nonetheless, the bo- what, what the young son missed was just the, the, the joy of being in the presence of the father. And maybe he had nothing to compare it to. I mean, you could go down that road. You know, the, 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 the younger son really discovered how pointless everything was out there. How, you know, he, he, he really, he, he believed the commercials. He went out, spent his money, thought he'd be happy with, you know, with drinking, with women, all, all that stuff that in our culture, more or less, we're told is, is the good life. And he came back and he realized, no, I just made myself broke and, and, and I'm more miserable, really. And so, Absolutely. so and, and the older son really, uh, you know, he, had, he only knew one way. Well, think about this. I've seen okay. that. I've seen that happen so many mm-hmm. times on a farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why that's why this is uh, uh, down so, on the farm. But and and here's the thing, and I totally get it with the older son. He probably had to listen to the younger son talk about his plans years mm-hmm. before it happened. I'm gonna get out of here because I hate <laughs> being out life. here. I'm gonna make dad give me my inheritance, <laughs> and I'm gonna do this. And it finally, and he probably said, "Dude." knock yourself out and it was a big drama he was the drama queen got all the attention and finally he's gone okay and so this guy the older son he's just a big mule and that's probably what he feels like he gets up every day because in farming you're either planting or you're harvesting that's if you have crops if you have animals, you're either feeding them or cleaning up after them. Basically, you've got like four jobs. But, but my and my guess is that he got it was above that. That because you're never, dude, you're, you're never. I mean, you're if you're still stuck on a farm. You're stuck. You're, you're stuck. Okay, okay you see what I'm saying. No, you see got, what I'm saying. I, I yield to your experience. You, you see what I'm saying. You have to do something. <laughs> Right, and it's not glamorous. And and the younger one was talking about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And he goes out, and he's finally gone, okay? Mm-hmm. He's gone for a while. You basically forget about him. And then all of a sudden, yeah, cause you gotta you're remember, out in the field. There's, yeah. no, there's no Twitter. There's no, there's right, no, no Facebook. Newspaper. So, so my question is, how does the older brother know the younger brother spent the money on prostitutes. Well, he <laughs> apparently, probably that's probably said what he told him. What he, he probably told do. him what he was going to do. I mean, you know what? I mean, dude, I got the money. I'm heading to Jericho. And then, and he's out in the field, and he goes, he goes, what is going on? And he talks to one of the servants. Okay, and obviously, from the way they're talking, they they work together. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the okay, so that's not just management. The, the older son is out there working. What's going on? Oh, the younger son's back. Dang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Loser is back. You know, I mean, I mean, I can just see it. I can just, I, I can just absolutely see it, you know, and, and I, I feel for the, I feel for the dude, even though he gets, he gets everything. Drama Queen is back. 
<laughs> well, because yeah. because I'm like you, I'm the, I'm fairly convinced. Mom and Dad's favorite. He's Mom and Dad's favorite. If he had the guts, if he had the guts to ask for the money, I guarantee he bragged on what he said. And oh, yes. I think I think he's in the story. I think the Pharisees <laughs> are part of it, Steve. But I think this is actually Jesus foreshadowing. And if you go listen to Steve, you're going to have to give the podcast number because I didn't look it up because I was looking something else up. But this is Jesus almost foreshadowing the James and Paul faith and works debate mm-hmm. that we covered in several podcasts. Oh, oh dude, that was so awesome. <laughs> yes. Because he, he is he is basically acting. So our former pastor, Phil Leinberger, recommended a book, Unchristian, What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters by David Kinman, and it was really based on research from the Barna Group. Barna Group is the group that does all the church research. And in there, there was one quote that stuck with me in this church, and he said, it was from a single mom who had a teenager. And her exact quote was, I wish the women in this church would be more concerned about helping me find good male role models for my teenage son than the fact that I'm single with a teenage son. Mm. And that's the that's the older brother. He's more concerned about look what your son did. He wasted it. He did that. Who cares? Why is he back? Why is he getting anything? You know. And I think that is something because there is a segment of Christianity today who who will come in and just totally blast something not knowing what's going on. And by the way, it's the same group that tends to hide all the bad stuff in their own closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> usually. But they are doing that. And I think this is Jesus preaching to that group. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is this is a almost almost of a foreshadowing of the James Paul grace mm-hmm. and faith debate. It really is. Because this is really Jesus coming down. He he's telling a great redemptive arc of the story mm-hmm. and a father's love that reflects God's love for us that he sent his son and how he'll redeem everybody else oh but there's going to be these religious people who aren't going to accept that redemption really is that mm-hmm. easy and, and that's the ring you know I really want the, the, the parable to end at the at the at the banquet where everybody goes in, yeah. but but the, those, that brother is there for a reason. Now, now to get back to what you were saying, I I, I agree. I think you did a great job of this parable from the point of view of the older brother. But the older brother's out in the field, and I think probably human nature. He still thinks his his younger brother's a loser, uh, uh, the drama queen. We know at least we know that that the 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 younger brother has repented, and I. Th- well, I'll ask you, do you think he's, I, I think he's a changed guy. Do you think he's, he's changed, he's more mature, he's learned, dare I say it, he's learned his lesson, and... He sowed he, his oats and they made him sick. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> is, so, so is he ready to, I mean, is, uh, the father has placed an office of responsibility on him, the robe and the ring, is, is indeed... Well, eventually, the, the father thinks he's up to this. Do we think he is, Bill? <laughs> Do we think he is... He you is, know what and that... And I don't even want to say he earned it. Do we think he has changed? Do we, how do we uh, see his repentance? Okay. You know what? I am the absolute worst person <laughs> to uh, 
evaluate someone's change because <clears throat> the way I evaluate a person's progress is this. I look at what they've done in the past and then I age them. And whatever arc they were on, I predict they'll be on the same one, but just a few years longer. Later, yeah. So you're of the school of people don't change. <coughs> or, 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 it takes a dramatic, something mm -hmm. dramatic happening mm -hmm. to them to change. And this could have been mm -hmm. the dramatic mm -hmm. situation. That and but but here my point is this, and like one of you guys said that typically they they end this parable at the banquet. So so for us we're supposed to say, hey, you're restored, everything's good, hey, it's all good, it's all good. They're not going to call you a retread. You're not a loser. Hey, welcome back, man. You're at the table. What happens tomorrow? What do you do? Yeah. Hey, I've been restored. I'm just, well, you're dude, right. I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to do anything. You're, I've got well, the robe. The, see, I've got I the think, ring. I think the faith answer to this is, and this is going to border on church answer, but I think the, the father's response is God's response. He will willingly accept us back. Now, here's the catch. I think the church people, and this is where we fail as church, we don't want to give someone who has been now this is the first time it's happened so i'm not talking about the guy who's come down 15 times asking to be saved from alcoholism okay obviously you've got something else working you need to work on but i'm talking about the very first oh god that was the guy who i saw him at the bar last night did you see the woman he was with the way she was dressed now he's down here professing faith why should I, seriously well, remember I've Chuck had Coulson, that remember, I've remember, seen that conversation remember Charles Colson I'll give you a real life example a lot mm -hmm. of Charles Colson from, oh, yeah, from Charles you know Coulson. neck deep in Watergate neck deep in, in White House all that neck White deep? House corruption okay he was over his head <laughs> but and but he had a conversion experience and from right. all really accounts it was genuine but there were people who I people inside and outside the church who scoffed at that so yes. right. so but there's your real world situation yep well, yep. Jesus does say, he says, when Peter asked him, how many times do I forgive the person? He says, what, 70 times 7? 70 times so, 7. So God, God instructs us. He's giving us an example. If he screws up again and he comes back and repents, mm -hmm. then you're supposed to give him another chance again. So I, I so think that's it, why it's the hard older brother, to do. I think that's why the older brother's that, right? part of the story is so important. Because I think it's really, it's pointing to the church today where we want to judge everybody and everything around us, and we forget all about the love of God and what we have to accept. Okay, That's now you're crossing over. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you go there. <laughs> because, okay, because I'm in the middle of something. I have, I have, um, I'm, I'm just going to say left children, or certainly one child. <coughs> And she is all in on this non-binary people being rebirthed as a they instead of a her. And the gender, uh, <laughs> gender not specific. Gender fluidity noun, is the correct Gender term. fluidity and stuff. <laughs> 
and <laughs> and I was recently chided for not being open to someone that's really trying to change. And my question is this, or I'm just going to throw out to you fellas. If it's someone's uh, faith or something like that, I'm, you know, I'm all good with that. But if you're putting on different clothes and expect me to like them, you know, I, don't ask me if you don't want the truth. You, 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 know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it. if that's it's it. the essence, if it's, and I consider the essence is what faith is of a person, you know, yeah. all this other stuff on the, this outside stuff, it's not up to me. It's up to the, up, up to that person. And I can totally, and, and Natalie, my daughter, who was, who's been correcting me on it. I told her, I go, I've got a new noun for her. A never. If she's going to, if I'm going to be corrected all the time about what I used to call her in the past compared to what it is now, I mean, <laughs> I'll just never talk to you. You know, I, I'm not, you, you see what I'm saying? See, see my, my thing on that is I can accept you and love you and accept that you're here. Now, you start talking about stuff that's inherently against what is called Christian ethics. That's a different, co- that's a conversation where I'm, where I'm like, I'm going to accept you and love you and talk right. to you. Am I still going to, I'm, I'm going to take the woman at the well perspective. And, and and I think the woman at the well perspective is the one. The there's two women that get brought before Jesus, that I think mm-hmm. the brother is kind of, in a weird way, part of that because there's the woman who was caught in adultery, who gets drugged for drugged before Jesus. He goes through the whole thing, which one of the questions I have to ask Jesus is, "What were you writing in the sand? Please tell me what were you writing. I want to know. I gotta know." But what does he say to her after? Where are those who condemn you? They're gone. Mm-hmm. I don't continue either. But he, he doesn't let her go at that point. What does he say after that? Go and sin no more. Then, woman at the well, get me a drink. You're talking to me. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you here in the middle of the day? Well, my husband sent me. Well, you're right when you or where's your husband? Well, I have no husband. You're right when you say you have my husband because you've had four. And the one you're with now isn't your husband. <laughs> you know? And he confronts her sin but then he tells her basically the same thing. You know, forgiveness has come, go and sin no more. And, and the difference there is he doesn't accept their sin, but he does love the person. And boy, that, that's tricky. And, and I'll be the first to admit with you, Bill, it's hard because I've had to deal with it at work where we had a, we had a uh, Paul who wanted to be called Paulette. Right. <laughs> just, we'll just put it that way. Right. And, and, you know, did I respect that? Sort of, because I sort of had to, because it was at my job. You know, but he knew also where, he, that he knew where I stood outside of work on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look, when you're here, you do your job, you're professional, we'll behave. Outside of work, I may talk to you and talk to you differently about it, but I'm still not going to be mean to you and scream mm-hmm. at you and call you a sinner and you're going to burn in hell and you know and that because that's the side of the coin that where everybody wants to go right now well the thing the thing about it is and i keep going back to the stone hitting the water and then there's circles 
and spreads out. Unless I'm the dad, I'm not in the middle circle, okay? I mean, we follow, that's a good thing about this uh, parable. We should follow the dad's example. So if we're one of the guys, and I imagine myself being one of the neighbors, because I don't have any brothers, and they invite, hey, come on back. We're gonna have, we killed the fatted calf. The brother's back. We're gonna go have a party. I'd go. I would think that, hey, gosh, he's back. <laughs> I'm surprised. And then you see him with the robe and the ring. Wow. But I guess he, I guess he really is back. But the thing about it is, it's not my position to be a critic of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, in a way, God is showing us this example of how we should really accept other people and not be the son, the older you, son. You made a good point right there. Though the dad should have called the older son too to come celebrate. We see no indication here that he did, <laughs> and that would be a point of contention <coughs> in most people's. That might, in fact, that might be the only reason why he's upset. Uh, it may not be the fad cast and everything. Well, no, he kind of says it's. A, I mean, he's but outside, we, but we. But but look at it this yeah. way: even when he's invited in, Mike, that's a, the the story ends. The parable yeah, ends. No, I kind agree. of like with them, the last shot of kind of the. You can see the the, the house in the distance. Yeah. The lights are going. There's laughing. There's music. And outside, you just kind of got the guy, the Dad older son. son Dad and son just just waiting there, kind of like kind of like <laughs> you know right. the end of the movie is we don't know what's going to happen after after the fade out. Does yeah. he go in or does he not? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he, and father could have forgot. I mean, in reality, he could have forgot. He's so mm-hmm. excited and doesn't oh, think about it, or he mm-hmm. didn't think to send somebody mm-hmm. out there. Or he took it for granted. He, he thought yeah. the son was going to come in. He, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up Podcast Two Fifty Six. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Prodigal Son Discussion Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Also, No Church Answers. And we've uncovered some great stuff here talking about the prodigal son. And it, I can just see that, the ending, ending shot that Steve just talked about. The, uh, the party on the hill going like crazy. And father and the older son out in the field. He's all dirty. Setting sun. He's all dirty, but he's got his arms around him, and he goes, and he's looking around. He goes, you know, son, all this is yours anyway. Why don't you come out and party? You know, let's go. And I believe, I believe honestly, that he would, that he would go. The interesting story, the part that's left out is, what does the young son do? 
there's no ladder for him. He's already spent that. Is he going to stay there, get back to health? He's been restored. Is he going to run back off? You know, that's kind of the thing. And you got to think about how many people had. I mean, I've been at this church a long time, and I know you've been at other churches too. You have someone come in, they're just a regular uh, parishioner, mm-hmm. and they're awesome, and they're involved in everything, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, where, where are they? I mean, are they being awesome somewhere else, or did they just drop off the planet? Or, you know what I'm saying? And that's what, I mean, circulation of the saints, it's kind of the term <laughs> that we do, you know, that's that's a retread, you know. Christian style. I, well, I think you, what you have I, I here. Think it's can ambiguous I, on purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think I think and and I I want to tie this back because to what you were saying earlier about do and you kind of said you know the arc begins. I look at the person's arc and then I look at where it's going to be five years down the line. And and that's I hear that constantly. Uh, people don't change, and maybe that's true. But in this case. I think what's being at least pictured here is a is a transformation. I, I think the younger son. I, I think we're told there's a transformation. He is he is repentant. He comes back. He is more than grateful at at his father's grace at being welcomed back. We're to be floored by that too. Partly, I think the audience too, the audience of this parable. Because it's not expected. It's not what exactly what you said earlier. It's not what you'd expect at all. And so what happens next? That's a good question. I think the happy ending is that he's had he's he's illustrated the type of change we hope to go under, we hope to undergo as Christians, as transformation engineered by the Holy Spirit, not by ourselves. And yes, there will always be the incredulous out there. But we only know that in our heart, and maybe it takes the rest of our lifetime to prove that. Maybe that to others. To God, maybe not, probably not if the, if the conversion is earnest. But I think maybe the younger son has a bit of an uphill climb to regain the trust of the older son, to, to you know, that... People, the neighbors, the the aunts and uncles might have their eye out. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting. He's on the clock. Right. You know, give him another year, and right. the sirens of Jericho will start calling again. Right. I, I think, and and I I, am, I imagine you, Bill, as one being one of those those person people with a with a kind of a cocked eyebrow at the whole thing. Right. Right. <laughs> Forgive me. I want, I want to touch on something Steve mentioned earlier, uh, uh, folks, about the uh, parable and the older son. Uh, being like the Pharisees. And in fact, I, I have a comment here. One of my favorite comments is Jesus antagonizes the Pharisees. Y'all know that. I, I love oh, to point yes. that oh, out. He, okay. he, he reveled in antagonizing well, the well, Pharisees. He did that with this. If you go to where it starts, folks, Luke uh, 15, 1, it says all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Right? Right? Okay. Now, in verse 2, the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Mm-hmm. So he mixes them up together. 
And the Pharisees cannot stand that. And then he goes into two other parables, which Steve has mentioned. The guys have not mentioned to you, but they're all together. There's actually three parables here telling the love of the Father. Number one, the lamb, the lost lamb, out of a hundred lamb, the the owner loses one of his sheep, and he goes frantically and searches for it and finds it. Number two, the woman loses one of her ten coins that are very important to her, and she frantically searches for it, okay? And then the third parable, which we've discussed and you're all familiar with, and that's the parable of the prodigal son, okay? I'm of the opinion the the 99 sheep that aren't lost are the boring Pharisees and scribes, and and, and like Steve said, the, the older brother is, in fact, Jesus is, Jesus is so fast. He's telling three parables here that hits the Pharisees right in the eyes. Number one, he doesn't honor them. He doesn't separate them and say, you guys are great. You sinners and you tax collectors sit over there. He says, everyone come on in and rub shoulders. And that makes them so mad. You know, you you look at the silver coin, the parable of the coin, Mm -hmm. and and that has something more evident than any of the others. Um, even more than the, that, the the lost coin has equal value to the other nine. Right. Almost. I mean, if we're assuming they're all the same size, right. that, that right. this loss is really important, and that we don't want that to happen. God That's does not correct. want you lost. God, God, God. God does not want you cut off. That's the best part yes. of this. He wants you back. He is sad when you go evil and when you move further and further away and truly yes. evil i think truly evil people yes. who who made the you know we the, the avenue of redemption may be open but i think sometimes you move so far away that there's just there's no going back there's no there's you, there's no decision the, to the go back the light is yeah. the light is too far out to cast the, any to cast yeah. a shadow the, the, the young you. man remembered what life was like right. And you know, he may have been bored to tears or at the time when he was a young man, young, he might have been immature. He realized, gee, that, that, is, that is where I should be. I think, yeah, they, they move well, so far away from the light, they forget it, what it it's, was. You take, you take all of the, and, and Steve, Steve always laughs mm-hmm. at me because I always talk about, you have to take everything in context mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yeah, and you take all right. of, <laughs> but, but you take all of these parables in context. Mm-hmm. You start with, you know, we're going to be a light to the world. We're salt and light. We season the world. But God is so loving to everyone. He'll leave everybody else to go get the one, the lost sheep, because everyone is just as valuable mm-hmm. as the other, the coins, mm-hmm. leading to the prodigal son. When that one comes back, there is no judgment. There is no nothing because Christ paid our debt. Mm-hmm. So now we're all together. And we're accepted back. And it's looking at that entire arc together to put it to really come to what the Christian faith is all about. Excellent. And with that, we're going to come down to the end of the Prodigal Son podcast, number 256. I want to get some takeaways from the fellas. And uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve hit on something again that I have in my notes here, and that's simply reflection or memory. And Robert, too. Uh, uh, folks, first, the first thing you have to do is, is you have to try. Everything is on attitude. You have two ways to serve the Lord, one with the rules and the second one with love. 
okay? And the love is most important. Uh, what, 1 Corinthians 13, right? The, the love chapter, uh, folks. And, and the whole problem with the Pharisees, the, the uh, scribes, and the older son was they weren't looking at it from the father's perspective. And that's simply, he is about love. He created us out of love. He, rest, he restores us out of love. He gives us the gift of his son through love. And we have to look at it from the loving part, not from the rule following or guidance uh, the part, because that can drive you nuts. Now, Steve brought up something here, and I want to mention that again. I, I go, we go through our life, and reflection is very important. When you're in the and when you're in the middle of a a storm or a trial, or a tribulation, or a problem, such as the younger son who is out here, and he's spending his money and he's having a great time, and probably treating his newfound friends, which leave immediately when he runs out of money, he's probably out there. Uh, having a great time and then a famine hits he can't get a job except to feed pigs and that's not enough money for him to fill his stomach and he remembers and this folks this is so important he remembers how good it was he had at his father's farm and I tell you I look back on my life when I'm in the middle of a problem I can't see what God has done for me but when I reflect back what he's brought me through then I see his love then I see the tremendous, tremendous gift he has given to us. The guys here are my friends. They're fellowship to me. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time outside the podcast or the video cast, but we are friends, and, and they are solid, and I can believe in them and trust in them. And folks, that's what you have to do. When you're upset, when you're not sure how things are going, look back in your past. Reflect as this young prodigal did and remember and see all the goodness that God has given you and the love he's given you. Bill? Excellent. A takeaway from you, Professor. So the Faith Works podcast was podcast 241. Went and looked real quick. If you want to reach out, I, I really think there are so many. We could do a whole other hour mm-hmm. on this po- parable. There are so many layers to it. I, it. It is a redemptive story. And I think the takeaway for men really is a... Redemption is there for all of us. Be ready to accept it. And then secondly, when someone comes back to faith, accept them. You know, when they've made that turn, accept them and find ways to support them in what they do. Excellent. Producer Steve Ditch. Well, this parable and and the other two parables on, on, on lost and found... They cap off a section of scripture that I would say begins around Luke chapter 11, verse 29. And in that, Jesus is preaching, and he starts talking about Jonah and the Ninevites. And, of course, Jonah was the prophet we all know, was sent to prophesy to the Ninevites. He didn't want, he ran off. We all know the story. He got, you know, Jonah and the whale. But when he got to Nineveh, he, he, Jonah thought the Ninevites were not going to con- convert. I mean, they, these, these, were, they, they, they hated these. These were the Abyssinians. They were traditional enemies. And he was, yeah, he was kind of, he kind of really had his half heart. He was half-hearted in it. But the 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 Ninevites did con, did all worship God, and and Jesus points out that repentance there at the beginning of this section 
Uh, and he says something greater than Jonah is here. And then it is followed by some teachings, but, but they, it, it's there. he's kind of offsets the idea of repentance on one hand and the, you might say the, as Paul would say, the wages of sin or the, the risks of this world and following this world on the other. And we saw that in the parables of the rich fool, uh, the parable of the, the great banquet, and where it's kind of, the, the door is open to coming to God. And it, it's capped off in, in, finally in this parable, where it's not a warning, it's a, don't miss this! So I think my takeaway is to not approach God as the, as the authority figure shaking his finger at you, uh, get in or else. I think it's more of the, the welcoming father saying, you know, don't miss this. This is going to be the party of the century and you've got an e-ticket. And so you've got, you've a, got, you've got a, you've right. got a, you've got a seat at the, in the, in, in you have the top. a field pass, and man. Every, yeah. And you got the, the run of the house. And this is, field. this is, this party isn't just going to be a week or a month. It's going on forever and we're all here and it's going to be great. And that's really what we're, what we see here. And, you know, so don't be the guy in the field going, oh, well, you know, I would go, they're inviting him. <laughs> I'm not going to go. Yeah, that's what what it what it is. So uh, so no, we're all invited, guys. We're all invited. Even the Pharisees. <laughs> Even the Pharisees. Ian, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. And it, you know, and I just look at this. Uh, all these stories are the same, but you change as we mm-hmm. age and we revisit them. It all changes, and. Uh, uh, what this reminds me as as a dad, I should give redemption. If I'm an older brother in this type of story, just expect someone to get redemption, whether they deserve it or not, and just deal with it. And uh, and if you're a younger brother out there and you get redeemed, <laughs> count your blessings, man. So on behalf of my name is Bill Cox. So on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Michael Cropper, Professor Robert Koshu. My name is Bill Cox, and our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you your podcast, and rate it and uh, leave a review. And if you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland church, Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, SugarlandBaptist.org. Starts Sundays at 945, and when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class like this, for you, where you can have small group discussions. Find one that is men only. If there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.